Well, good morning. I'm going to get real close to you. Can you handle this? What a great, great time together. Thank you so much for participating. Thank you for the invitation to be part of this. Thank you to the staff. Great, great, great group of people who have put together our opportunity to get together like this. So it's a pleasure for me to be part of it, and I know you feel that way. We pray for this school regularly, as you do, and uh, we're excited about what's happening. So uh, great to be here together today. Now, I want to welcome you to Tyndale's Cardiac Clinic. (laughs) We're heart specialists here. Our specialty is nurturing healthy hearts. Now, if I were to ask you, what do you think is the dominant characteristic of a healthy heart? What would you say? What is it that really constitutes having a healthy heart, spiritual heart? Well, what we're going to do for a moment is we're going to invite into the patient examination room in our clinic a woman, and we're going to examine her heart together. And we're going to see if our examination can surface convincingly to every one of us what the dominant characteristic is of a healthy heart. The woman is arguably the most prominent woman in the New Testament. Certainly, the most prominent woman among all the followers of Jesus. She came from a small town. She had a very familiar name, very common name, and that obviously caused some complications. Her name is Mary, and she was called Mary the Magdalene, Mary the Magdala, Mary the Magdalene. Magdalene means that she was a person from Magdala. Magdala was a little village in Nazareth, just outside of where Jesus was raised and born, lived, way up in the north of the land. And she was a contemporary of Jesus. She grew up in a village just down the road. Maybe they knew each other in childhood. But she had come to adulthood now. And Mary Magdalene is going to be our patient whose heart we're going to explore. Now, what I'm going to do is take you through the six scenes that Mary appears in the Bible. We'll just take a hop and a step through them. But as we do, we look at each one. And if you look carefully, her heart shows up you'll see your heart. So join with me in our examination. Let's take a careful look. The first scene is given to us in Luke chapter eight. And this is a scene in Galilee. We read in verse one. After this, Jesus traveled about from one town and village to another, proclaiming the good news of the kingdom of God. The 12 were with him and also some women 
who had been cured of evil spirits and diseases, Mary, called Magdalene, from whom seven demons had come out, Joanna, the wife of Tuz, manager of Herod's household, Susanna, and many others. These women were helping to support Jesus and his disciples out of their own means. Mary Magdalene, scene number one, her deliverance. She was delivered from a life of hell on earth. Seven demons. We have a little glimpse sometimes in the New Testament, especially, of what demon possession meant. The absolute destruction and devastation of being possessed by a demon. She had it seven times over. Seven demons until Jesus came and delivered her. After she was delivered, apparently, our text says she became part of a small band of women. These women apparently were people of means. And these women followed Jesus. That group is identified on occasion in the Gospels, the women who followed. And they followed him to support him by their means, whatever means they had. So the very first scene we have of Mary Magdalene is an insight into the heart of this woman. Take a look at her heart. What do you see? Just take a picture now. She's just been delivered from the demons. She joins up with this group of women. She becomes a follower of Jesus, serving and supporting the 12 disciples. Have you ever wondered who cooked the meals? Have you ever wondered who bought the groceries and paid for things? We don't have any picture of it in the New Testament, except we know that there were a group of women who were financing the trip. And Mary Magdalene associates with them and becomes one of them. That's her heart. Do you see it? The second scene is given to us in the Gospels, and it's at the foot of the cross. John chapter 19, verse 25. Near the cross of Jesus stood his mother, his mother's sister, Mary, the wife of Cleopas, and Mary Magdalene. There she is at the foot of the cross, drawn, attracted, devoted, standing with Jesus. She follows as he carries the cross. She stands there as he's crucified. She watches as he's reviled and rebuked and humiliated on the cross. I'm not sure where the men were, but there was a little group of women there, and there was Mary. Some people think that it was to support Mary, the mother of Jesus, and that may be so. But when I see her at the foot of the cross, I get a glimpse into her heart. Don't you? And what do you see? 
What's in that heart? The next time we see Mary is in the evening, and it's outside the tomb. In Matthew chapter 27, verse 61, it says this. Mary Magdalene and the other Mary were sitting there across from the tomb. The burial had taken place. The crowds had left. The soldiers stood there. And there across from the tomb on a boulder sat Mary Magdalene, another Mary with her. I've conducted lots of funerals. The toughest moment in most funerals is leaving the graveside. Mary couldn't do it. Mary Magdalene couldn't leave. Disciples have all gone. But there she is, sitting at the tomb. She just can't pull herself away from the graveside. I see her heart there, don't you? What do you see? What is it that dominates that heart? The next time we see her is early Sunday morning. And we read John chapter 20, verse 1. Early the first day of the week, while it was still dark. Wow. Mary of Magdalene went to the tomb and saw that the stone had been removed from the entrance. After her despair on Friday night, her despair turns to her distress on Sunday morning. She gets up before the sun is up. She travels all alone in the darkness and she comes to the tomb and she sees the stone rolled away, the empty tomb. She's out there, where are the disciples? Oh, they're still in bed. But where's Mary? Well, she's, she's out at the tomb. I see her heart there, don't you? And, and what do you see in that heart? What kind of heart does this woman have? The next time we see her is a little bit later that morning. Peter and John have come to the tomb and angels have met them and they have left and gone back. And then a little bit, little bit later, Mary arrives at the scene. John chapter 20, verse 15. Woman, he said, why are you crying? Who is it that you're looking for? Thinking he was a gardener, she said, sir, if you've carried him away, tell me where you put him and I will get him. Jesus said to her, Mary. She turned and cried out in Aramaic, Rabboni, which means teacher. Jesus said, don't hold on to me, for I have not yet returned to my father. Go said to my brothers, tell them, I am returning to my father and your father, to my God and your God. What an absolutely unpredictable unpredictable, unprecedented honor. When Peter and John came, an angel addresses them. When Mary comes, Jesus appears. She's the first person to whom he appears. 
And she's entrusted with the message. I, I, see, I see her heart, don't you? As, she, as, as Jesus stands before her, she wants, to, she wants to give him a hug. Jesus, do you see her heart? What kind of heart does this woman have? What's the dominant characteristic of a healthy heart? Because this is, this is a healthy, healthy heart. Well, the last scene, the sixth scene, and after this scene, she disappears. We don't know what happened after this scene. But the sixth scene is a highlight, isn't it? The sixth scene, it says in John chapter 20, verse 18, Mary Magdalene went to the disciples with the news, I have seen the Lord. And she told them that he had said these things to her. Wow. That's a healthy heart. Now, what's the explanation? Well, I'd love to have Tim Horton's coffee with you and have what your answer is going to be. But seeing I've got the microphone and the podium, I'm going to share it with you. And I'd sure like to know if you're close. Probably you're right on base. Mary Magdalene's heart was a heart full of gratitude. It was a gratitude that was based on her deliverance. And it was a gratitude that was expressed by her devotion. That, friends, is a healthy heart. It's a heart that's full of gratitude, based on the past, the deliverance, and expressed in every scene with an expression of devotion. That's the examination of our patient. Now come with me into the self-examination room in our cardiac clinic here at Tyndale. And in this self-examination room, we don't examine a patient, we examine ourselves. So I'm gonna invite you to a little bit of a self-examination. And we're gonna look at how we're doing and how our heart's going, doing when it comes to this business of having a healthy heart. Gratitude is a very, very important element in the life of a Christian. Zig Ziglar says, it is the healthiest of human emotions. Cicero wrote, it is not only the greatest of virtues, it is the parent of all others. Lauren, Lynn, Lauren Hill rather says, everything we should do should be the result of our gratitude for what God has done for us. Sort of like that. A.W. Tozer says, gratitude is an offering precious in the sight of God. 
and it is one that the poorest of us can make and be not the poorer but richer for having made it. I have some problems handling the subject of worship. Not as smart as all these musicians are. And I struggle with how to define it, how to explain it, how to really talk about it. Recently, I came across a statement that has captured my attention. This person wrote, worship is a heart overflowing with gratitude to God. Now, I can understand that. That's right down on the street level for me. Worship is a heart overflowing with gratitude. It's the overflowing of a heart of gratitude. That's worship. So how is your, how is your gratitude level in your heart this morning, folks? If we were to put you on the examination table and take a look at the past week or the past month, how much would we see it all being motivated and managed and directed and channeled by a heart full of gratitude? Where, where, where's your gratitude level? Let me narrow it down. Yesterday, you had 86,400 seconds. How many seconds in your life yesterday were devoted specifically to and intentionally expressing gratitude to God? It's amazing how we can go through a whole day without being channeled, directed, motivated, obsessed by our level of gratitude. How, how is your gratitude level? Or put, let's put it this way. If you had today only what you were really grateful for yesterday, what would you have today? So how are you doing? How's the gratitude level? I think the argument can be made that it is the most dominant characteristic of a healthy heart. And Mary Magdalene demonstrates it. And as I look at my life and the ins and outs and ups and downs of my life, I discover that gratitude can be an enormously powerful force. And gratitude can be a frequently absolent force in my life as a Christian. So how is your gratitude level? Where are you at on that? How are you gonna measure it? Mary's heart was full of gratitude. And the steps in her life, every step, every scene that we have is a reflection, channeled, guided, motivated 
by her gratitude. Well, that brings us to our third room. We've done the patient examination and we've done our self-examination, so now we come to the exercise room. Because just like the physical heart, the spiritual heart in the life of a Christian needs to be exercised to grow strong, to grow healthy. And your heart needs some exercise to cultivate a gratitude, a fullness of gratitude that can really dominate your life. So I've got three exercises for you to grow a healthier heart. A heart that really is getting fuller and fuller with gratitude. The first exercise is to resolve. And I'm going to encourage you this morning to make a resolution and to resolve that you will begin each morning with gratitude. Start the day there. Begin each morning with gratitude. This past year, one of our granddaughters sent me an email, Snapchat, tweet. I don't know what it was. It was one of those. And it was a little flowery work beside it, and the words in the middle of it were, start every day with a heart of gratitude. You want to you nurture a healthy heart? Try it. Start every day with a heart of gratitude. Secondly, Remember, remember what God has done. Take some time each morning. What are you grateful for? And you think back, you reflect. When you get a little bit older, that's fun to do. And you can look back with all kinds of wonderful experiences and memories. Just remember the answers to prayer the provisions of money, the healings, the marriage, the children. Just, just remember, remember what God has done. Don't forget that. And isolate that in your mind. That's how you strengthen a heart. You strengthen it with gratitude. And then my third one, and you're way ahead of me, aren't you? Because you know it's the three R's, don't you? You resolve, you remember, and then you reflect. You reflect on God, what, what God's doing right today. Last night, you're waking up, what's happening today? You reflect upon that. And as you do that, one of the things that will be cultivated in your heart is a spirit of gratitude. And a healthy heart is a heart that's full of gratitude. It's a gratitude that's based 
on Mary's deliverance, your deliverance, that salvation, God's blessing, the past. And it's a gratitude that is expressed in today, this day, a life of service, obedience, faithfulness, representing him. That's, that's the pathway to cultivating a healthy heart. It's to um, nurture a spirit of gratitude. My wife's life verse is 1 Samuel chapter 12, verse 24. This is what it says. It says, Fear the Lord and serve him with all your heart. For consider what great things he's done for you. That's a purpose. That's a plan. That's a healthy heart. We consider what great things he's done for us back there. We reflect upon it. We remember it. And we launch out into the day with hearts that are really, really grateful. And that strong, healthy heart will demonstrate in our devotion, in our witness, in our service, in our marriage, in our family, that we are men and women who are characterized and motivated and directed by a heart of gratitude. Lord, that's my prayer for these men and women, for myself, for our family. We praying, Lord, that more and more we will learn how to strengthen our hearts with hearts of gratitude and understand that that is the foundation and the, the directive that cultivates and produces fruitfulness, blessing, and joy. Give us that blessing and that joy in our lives, Lord, we pray as we more and more consider ourselves to be men and women with hearts full of gratitude based on our deliverances in the past and expressed in our devotion in the future. And we ask this in Jesus' name, amen.